fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody and welcome to the super early week 12 fantasy preview podcast. It's the fantasy fullback dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. Like I said, it's the one o'clock edition. I can't remember the last time my partner and I recorded at this time. I think it was probably two years ago, uh, probably in a similar set of circumstances. We used to go really late. For some reason, we went early. It's a different vibe. My partner, of course, I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. He's drinking out of a coffee mug. I mean, I'm assuming it's straight bourbon, but like he's still drinking it out of a coffee coffee mug. <laughs> What's going no on? No one said I, it's only coffee in here. That's for damn sure. Right. I can't. I can't drink. I don't know if that's going to make me more or less fun. It will probably make me at least a little bit sharper. I can't drink right now because I got to coach a basketball practice in a few hours, and I don't. <laughs> don't want to strap one on before that. That would Coach make me smells bad again. What is that? Why is he yelling so much today? <laughs> that, that's just body odor and <laughs> the pure whiskey that I'm sweating out of my pores. Love anyway, it. we're the day before Thanksgiving. We would usually be recording. It even says next to me Wednesday, seven thirty Eastern time. Ignore that. It's a lie. It's one fifteen right now, and we're recording. We got a lot to talk about. We got games lined up tomorrow. We do have a postponement that just came across the. Uh, news ticker not too long ago and we're gonna of course get into that we'll see how that affects is, anything is that the ravens Steelers is that officially postponed yeah it oh, happened. Shit. Okay. I, I got, that must have just, just broken i have yeah, i got I, uh, ish i got it off the road street journal text uh thread that we're both on <laughs> i have not checked the messages okay and so we, we also have we also have a comment good. from from cj already in our comments says no ravens Steelers makes me sad so it's out there wolf well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we just lead off with that? Then? All right, let's I mean, lead off with it. Ravens Steelers game has been postponed until Sunday. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that actually does go off on Sunday. But I was obviously, you know, it's disappointing. Obviously, you got to do what you got to do. But that was a pretty significant matchup and a pretty nice matchup to look forward to tomorrow. Not going to happen. Obviously, there's fantasy implications. Maybe I mean. The fact that they're going to try to play this thing on Sunday will hopefully make those minimal. But I know that some of the affected players were Dobbins and Ingram at the very least. Absolutely. And I wonder if that gives them a chance to now come back. I I don't know exactly what the timeline would look like. I hope so, because Dobbins was just in the midst of this backfield takeover. It looked like he was going to be a la DeAndre Swift a couple weeks ago, over 60 percent of the snaps all the two-minute drills, all the goal line work. It looked like this was going to be Dobbins' job for the future, and that would have been with high upside, you know, high RB2 upside rest of season should he take it over. So hopefully this gives him a chance to come back. It won't be a step back. We'll see, you know, what the rumors are in terms of who's going to be involved and not. It does make sense. I mean, there have been so many positive tests coming out of Baltimore, but it is sad. As CJ says here, it makes him sad just because, like, that's the classic, like, Thanksgiving Day. You've already had two games of football. You're stuffed to the brim with all your food, all your booze. You've probably been drinking gravy out of a glass at some point, like some sort of sick fuck like we all are. Uh, and you just get to lay down and finally enjoy one last game of football. And that was looking to be a good, like, hard-hitting, just, like, 
teams beating on each other for the last game of the oh, that's that kind of sucks. And that does make me sad too. But hopefully the good news that comes out of that is Dobbins does get to play, that we ultimately get a uh, of all the players out there. That would be the ideal circumstance, uh, in my opinion. So it, it makes it worse, in my opinion, just to just to jump on what you're saying that it's the night game because remember it used to just be there were two Thanksgiving games and you were always load locked and loaded with the Lions and, and or the Cowboys. And so you were fortunate if you got a good game out of it, especially now. I mean, the Lions and the Cowboys are bottom of the barrel teams. But when they started always embracing having a night game, that's the game that they plan ahead to try to make good. And they right. did. Ravens-Steelers, and that's a great matchup. Definitely looking forward to it. And so, you know, kind of wish the Lions game was the one that was getting canceled. Uh, ultimately, for fantasy, though, that one will probably be the, the most explosive uh, to kick off the day. It's the highest over-under total of, of the Thanksgiving slate, 51 and a half. If Stafford has any type of pulse, then it will. It he will doesn't. also help uh, in terms of other news here if – DeAndre Swift plays. What's the latest on him, Truth? <laughs> uh, well, concussion protocol, obviously, and that takes some time. And everybody responds to those things a little differently. But he did come back to practice on a limited basis on Tuesday. He still hasn't cleared protocol, so we're kind of down to the wire on this. Obviously, huge implications there. The Lions, you're saying, does Matthew Stafford have a pulse? I mean, I'm going to argue no, he doesn't. They scored zero points last week. They didn't have DeAndre Swift. I don't know. I mean, it's not a coincidence, okay? You got AP. What are you going to do? Roll AP out? His corpse? corpse. <laughs> yeah. Roll him out of the back of the hearse and be like, listen, we need you to run the ball six or seven times? Oh. not going to happen. I mean, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, that's the deal with DeAndre Swift. That's obviously pretty significant. We got some other significant running back news also coming up, but that's the one that's probably the most prominent because it's coming up the soonest. Exactly. And and against Houston, if he plays, it's a smash spot. The most rushing yards allowed in the entire league, oh, almost 150 yards per game on the ground. They're giving up. It's just abysmal. Second most fantasy points, only less than Detroit on the other side of the ball. It, it could be a monster day if Swift's in. I really hope he does make this one because we saw last time 70% of the snaps, 16 of 20 carries, a touchdown, 25 fancy points, and that's against a good Washington front seven. If, if he gets the Texans, who knows what his upside would be if he steps right back into that role. It's something that we're certainly going to be watching for. It's on our burning questions. So I guess we're covering a lot of that news right now of what we're going to go into in that segment. But I really hope he's back out there, similar to Dobbins on, on Sunday now that that game's postponed. Love to see these rookies continue to get their takeover, continue to to pound in some value here late in the season. Um, And before we just keep going through the news, guys, just want to make sure we uh, toss out there. If you don't mind giving us a thumbs up, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Periscope, hitting that heart button or Twitter, hitting the like button. It it means the world. It helps us get out to more people. Uh, We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We want to be here to answer all your questions. Get those all in. Can't wait. I see my man Craig Sarno is already in there. Mitch, we got some legends already. stays up in there. Of course they're here. It's just like clockwork because we love you guys. Um, So thank you so much to those of you who are here. Interact. Get your stuff in. We promise we'll hit it all. Uh, we got some new segments, though, today that I'm excited to get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Swift is one of those burning questions. Is he going to be out there to take advantage of this great spot? Because he could put up a a 25, 30-point burger this weekend. I I would love to see it. We picked up a a, a few... Uh, YouTube subscribe subscribers in the last couple of weeks too. I feel like we're we're starting to pack them on. I mean, obviously we have our normal diehard wolf pack, but there's other people that are trickling in too. It seems like it's we're kind of gaining steam. So thanks to everybody that's been checking us out. Like the wolf said, like us, subscribe, give us a rating, whatever. We love 
reaching as many people as possible, even if we already got our solid inner circle. Our core. Uh, we got more. Yeah, the core. We got some more news coming up. And we, of course, we got a bunch more burning questions. But Julio Jones, hamstring issue. He could be a game time decision week 12 against the Raiders. Hate to hear that if you're a Julio Jones owner. When he's in, they put up pretty good numbers. When he's not, they don't. It's pretty much that simple. Hamstrings, man, we talk about hamstrings. We talk about foot injuries. None of those things ever seem to work out real well, do they? No, because even if he plays, it's like, well, what if he re-injures it? What if he's limping off? What if he's a scarecrow, as you, you love to uh, talk about? Could just be out there as a decoy, even if he's there. So this is just, whether he's in or out, it makes you questionable. It makes you nervous. And as you just said, the whole offense, when Ridley was out, it was like, yeah, they took a step back, but it was a mild step back. When Julio's out, the whole thing goes to fucking shit, especially for Matt Ryan, uh, 27, quarterback 27, 23, and 26 and his three starts without him. And then last week, 27, again, has not put up more than 12 points in a game without Julio this year, uh, which is just crazy. And that is just, as a whole overall offense, it helps nobody when they operate that inefficiently. Even, you know, Calvin Ridley, who might see a nice target bath in his absence, the quality of those targets goes down because they're not in the red zone. They're not moving the ball that well. So he's getting double covered. Like it just does not help anybody to have such an anchor to the offense out. So we hope to see more positive news on him as the week develops, but we can't bank on that by any means. Did you just use the term target bath, a target bath, baby? (laughs) Did you make that up? I've heard target showers before, but something about like the bath just felt right for Calvin Ridley today. Okay. That's great. I like that. And we should put that in the dictionary target bath. It is all right. (laughs) Moving on to the next piece of news. Uh, Chris Carson, my guy, you've heard me. I mean, this has tanked my season. Basically the fact that Chris Carson hasn't been playing, I've lost my last three games by a combined seven points. Uh, Carson has played in none of them. You figure if he'd played in any of them, I probably would have won all of them. Uh, if he had played, because I lost by such slim margins. And this guy was a points machine when he was playing. He's had this foot injury that initially was not serious. That was like a month ago. And uh, he did practice, I think fully practiced on Tuesday. And supposedly he's on track to play Monday night. That's good. It's still far away. Gives him a chance to rest that foot even further. Uh, I'll be happy to see him on the field. That's going to affect me greatly. And I'm sure a lot of other people have been hanging on as well. Absolutely. And hopefully you also own Carlos Hyde if you have Chris Carson, just because it is the Monday night game and you'll be scrambling for a backup in case this just isn't true. And we've seen, like you just said, Peter Carroll said this was like a game time decision a month ago. And now we still haven't seen him in four weeks. So like, I'll believe it when I officially see him active and on the field. Uh, As long as he's out there, though, he's right into your top 10 weekly running backs. Because we just saw with Carlos Hyde, it was insert top 10 running back here because of how good that offense is. There's only been one week they didn't score a rushing touchdown with their running backs. It's just money because of how good the offense is. They'll hit him for two to three targets. They'll keep him involved in the passing game. He'll see 15 to 20 carries. He's a gem. As long as he's in there, he's an absolute gem. And we just saw the the Philly linebacking crew get steamrolled by Nick Chubb uh, on on Sunday for some big gains. I think Chris Carson could rip a bunch of big gains too. Just make sure you have your backup plan. Hopefully you still have Hyde. And if you do have Hyde uh, and you don't have Carson, uh, you can't really start Hyde, right? You, you got to wait till having him ruled out. But if we get any wind that Carson isn't going to play, Hyde would be just as good as, as we saw last week, just as good as Chris Carson. It's whoever's in the backfield there is going to be a stud. All right. Speaking of the Eagles, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach of the Eagles. 
says that Zach Ertz, who had been on the IR with an ankle injury, and this is a direct quote, is trending in the right direction to play in week 12 against Seattle. And to that, I say, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Dallas Goddard owners, maybe? Like, I don't that's care me. about that. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm not playing Ertz ever. And that's kind of, that was going to be my main takeaway here. Truth is, I got a text from like my brother right before the show. Is like, fuck, Ertz is going to be active. Can we even play Shaggy oh, yeah. Dog? That's his yeah. name for Dallas Goddard. He's like, fuck, we're going to be screwed. Like, we can't trust this guy now. It's Ertz hasn't done shit all year. What makes you think he's just going to walk right in and suddenly take over this number one role and become this target magnet this week? I mean, Dick Rod is probably a bigger concern at this point because he's getting 40 freaking yards every week. I have no concerns. I'm still firing up Goddard. In fact, they only played, what, one, maybe two games together this year, and Goddard had that monster week one. So if Ertz is on there drawing some attention, all the better. Uh, yeah, he was a tight end too, Dallas Goddard, in week one with Ertz on the field. And that was like the only – they had one other full game together before he got hurt, Goddard. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not worried at all. I'm yeah. still firing up Goddard. I was stoked to see him reemerge last week. Um, and if you, if you have Goddard, like who else? I mean, Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson, Waller, and obviously Kelsey, the only four tight ends I have above Goddard this week. I'm not moving him because Zach Ertz – might be active. I have no panic here at all. I mean, as far as games they played together or not, I can tell you because I I used to be a very ashamed Zach Ertz owner. <laughs> I can tell you how many good games Ertz had, whether he played with or without Goddard, and that answer is zero. So if we're worried about somebody coming back in, somebody who has had zero good games, right, that's going to come in and just all of a sudden take over. It's like. Being worried that I'm just trying to think of like the worst receiver, like Aaron Dobson or something from like 10 years ago is going to come back and all of a sudden start sucking all the targets away from Devontae Adams or something like that. Like it's not a concern. It's not a thing. So that's what I'm going with until somebody shows me different. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Christian McCaffrey, shoulder issue. He will practice on a limited basis on Wednesday. He's not cleared for contact. I mean, word is he's probably not going to play. I'm I'm not a doctor, but everything I've heard is trending on him not playing. And honestly, why would you play him if you were the Panthers? Especially when you have your week 13 bye right there. That gives him the chance to really get as close to 100% as he'll be this year. And and then there's also the question is why would you play him the rest of the year if you're the Panthers? I don't think they're in any type of contention at this point. Maybe they're still in the hunt. I I doubt it. Uh, They've played some good Good competitive games, but they seem to come out on the losing end all the time of those good competitive games. So that's the worry here. I I really would not expect to see him this week. Uh, I would not be planning on having him. I mean, if he is, of course, he's in your lineup. It's it's insert 25 to 30 points here. I would say at at soonest you're getting him is after the bye. And you just got to be holding those hands together and praying that they actually put him back on the field at some point this year. That's why I sold him because of that risk. And those early reports that they were optimistic he was going to be back sooner. I, I kind of sold that up and it's panning out for me. It makes you sound like a fucking snake is all hell, but Hey, it's fantasy football. Somebody pulled the trigger and gave me Justin Herbert, and Nick Chubb. I'll, I'll fucking take that all day of the week that I don't have to worry about this headache anymore. Justin uh, Herbert responded very well to it. Two straight wins since I made the trade. Justin Herbert, Nick Chubb over a guy who's not playing. Yeah. I'll take that. I mean, all day of the week. Solid, solid deal. And All right, one, one more. We got one more injury. John Brown, ankle injury, who uh, our buddy Mitch Renz. I mean, you know, he declared this guy the next Antonio Brown, like I want to say two years ago on the pod. You heard it here first. He didn't practice Wednesday. 
after a bye week. That equals concern, folks. Concern. Certainly does. He's had two weeks to fully get healthy, and, and he isn't. That's not good. He limped off real bad when he tweaked the ankle in week 10. Uh, and the fact that you get that full time off and you don't, you're not ready to be on the field. He's missed two straight practices now. It's disappointing, too, because I think that's going to be the game. If you're talking daily fantasy or just, you know, shootout style games, Josh Allen on one side, Justin Herbert on the other. I think we're going to hit a pretty high total in that game. 60 plus points is my prediction. I know on Sunday that's going to be my DFS stack, whether I go Allen or Herbert. We'll see. I haven't quite figured out which one I'm going to go with. That game's going to go crazy. And so if John Brown's not the guy, that that obviously lessens the appeal just a little bit. I think he'd go berserk against that Chargers defense. But maybe Gabriel Davis. We're going to talk about Hail Marys a little bit later. 1% owned. Just desperate. Desperate beyond all belief for a wide receiver streamer. Last time John Brown missed a game, this guy had 17 points. He could be a nice deep Deep, deep, deep. Let me emphasize again, deep league streamer. Uh, but Gabriel Davis, if you are desperate, could end up providing like a, a real put, the just punch to your uh, flex position. He actually was in the million million dollar uh, winning lineup a couple weeks ago, too. Just as a, as a fun note as well. Gabriel- that is a fun note. I'm guessing he came real cheap. Yes, he was. He's like bare minimum price tag. Exactly. They were like, we will pay you to start this guy. <laughs> Somebody 500. Please. Right. Uh, All right, uh, that's going to do it for our injury report. We're going to get into burning questions and intriguing stories for week 12. You know when you got what you suspect might be an STD or something like that and you have to take a leak and it burns? It (laughs) burns. It's one of those symptoms that people always come out like, oh, burning when you urinate. You should probably get that checked out. Well, these questions are burning, and we needed to check them out. It was not something we could ignore. This is just one of those things where, like, these questions are coming across our plate, just like you would call the doctor immediately if you had a burning sensation during urination. These questions were burning to the point where we are like, we have to bring them to the public. And we're even going to bring them to the public early, six hours early, earlier than we would have. So here we go. Uh, Burning (laughs) question number one. Will Brandon Allen, household name, Brandon Allen, replacing big game Ryan Finley, completely tank the value of the Bengals wide receivers, and Gio Bernard. Well, let me a- answer that question with a little internet deep dive, shall we? Brandon <laughs> Allen on his Wikipedia page, and it says next to him in parentheses, American football player, if you were wondering about that. <laughs> uh, he was drafted in the sixth round by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2016. You know, those sixth round Jaguars draft picks have a rich history of blowing up in the NFL several years later. So you're going to want to keep an eye on that. Also, he he never played for them, never played a game, never played a game for the Rams, who then had him. Then they had the Broncos, and he played three games. And I think he might have even, like, won one of them. He had an impressive three-touchdown, two-interception. That's his career, by the way. Uh, He has 515 yards career passing. Uh, He's been sacked, like, nine times. Uh, He's never fumbled the ball. Sure hands. Uh, So anyway, this guy is the definition of journeyman who's really never played NFL football substantially. I think he has a record of one and two. And so we say to ourselves, is Brandon Allen the answer? I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not. (laughs) Bold of you. Bold prediction. (laughs) he's He's a proud Arkansas Razorback. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, in that case. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I mean, if that changes the, the, if that moves the needle a little bit, I just wanted to throw that out there for the people that aren't Brandon, you know, that with article that I just skimmed probably makes me 99th percentile as far as people who know a lot about Brandon Allen. 
So that's my hot take. I'm bringing you guys a bunch of information. Not, not, yeah, certainly not not information that's ever comforting at all there. Uh, nothing about that blurb helped, although it does make me a little more confident and say Ryan Finley starting, who was three for 10 for 30 yards and an interception in relief duty. So I guess he showed them all they needed to see to turn to whoever the fuck <laughs> Brandon Allen is. Uh, so I guess it's somewhat better than Ryan Finley starting. It can't be worse. Than I that. mean, maybe, I don't know. Why such a short leash for Ryan big game Finley? <laughs> because he's a fucking dirt bag. He's oh, useless. He's right. completely right. useless. Uh, so ultimately I, I'm hoping Allen who does have, as you said, those, those three NFL starts isn't a complete tank to these guys values, but I have no interest in starting Tyler Boyd, as you guys are going to see in higher, lower Hail Mary in just a second. I have no interest in starting Tyler Boyd or um, T. Higgins. In particular, Higgins, I think, is the one that is going to be hit even harder uh, because Tyler Boyd does create separation wherever he's at, and that that could be a quarterback's best friend. Maybe we'll see Brandon Allen lock into him. That's often what what happens with these backups. They have their guy, and they just pepper him. P.J. Walker was was D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel last week. And no, no love for Robbie Anderson. So we'll see who it is. But I think he definitely tanks the Bengals receivers, uh, obviously way more significantly than if you had Burrow in there. And then Gio Bernard, it's like, what are you really expecting out of? Yeah, he's a feature back. Yeah, he's going to get volume. But it's just one of those offenses. Like, does the volume really fucking matter at this point? So the answer to this question, yes, it, it's it sucks. It, he's going to tank them. Uh, do not trust them. Keep them all on your bench this week. And just if, if it pans out then awesome they're not done for the year my expectation is you're not going to be able to use these guys the rest of the year i mean i think the giants are going to straight kill them yeah i guess that's the only real takeaway is stream the giants defense this week. which i picked up for two bucks yes they're going to kill it <laughs> right and that was when i thought we were going against big nick big game ryan finley i didn't even know that brandon allen was out there now i'm just licking my chops i was like man finley is going to beat us deep Anyway, burning question number two. Will Austin Eckler, Raheem Mostert, and Miles Gaskin return and add some depth to the shallow running back pool? I mean, I'd say short answer is yes, but I'm sure that you've got a little more juice than that on this one. Yeah, there's no lock to any of these guys. They've all been activated and designated to return, but no official word if it's going to actually be this week. There's like that step of being designated to return and then actually being like activated into the starting lineup. Obviously, Eckler's the, the biggest one on this list, and if he's in, that's humongous. This Chargers offense has been humming at the fastest pace of any NFL team. Justin Herbert's clearly the realest of deals, and Eckler's been getting it done with Philly Rivers in a, in a mediocre to bad offense these last couple of years. Eckler's been an absolute stud, so I could not wait to see this guy. I hope he's back in. He'll be right into my top 12 at worst, top 15 running backs, maybe just a little caution in case he's not a full workload this week. But rest of the season, I put him right back up into my top 20 overall as soon as I saw the news that he is going to be activated. And then Mostert, I mean, when he's been out there, he's been as electric as any runners in the NFL. He's such a perfect fit for this zone blocking scheme. Uh, he's got that speed as soon as he, he's got great vision, he sees it open, and then he, bam. It, you saw it against the Jets, that one carry, 89 yards and a touchdown, like, it happens way more often, just chunk play after chunk play. I love Mostert. I hope he's back because we sure as hell have seen enough of Jarek fucking McKinnon to last us a lifetime at the running back position. Yeah, um, he's still on my team too. Oh, God. No wonder you're you're on this losing game schedule. I'm not playing him. He's not – I mean, it, he's on my bench. I mean, I guess he's locker room cancer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, your team's not going to respect you when they're seeing fucking what, this we, guy lingering around. When you hear who I picked up this week off waivers, you're going to see that they will respect me. 
Oh yeah. Well, well I'm sure I'll believe that. It's uh, coming. <laughs> we, we ultimately have seen Mostert finish as the running back six, 16, 21 and 25. So, I mean, he's hasn't been worse than the running back 25, very steady would add some huge depth. And then Gaskin, I don't know what to expect of him. He's probably the least intriguing to me just because Salvin Ahmed has played fairly well and taken over that 80% snap role. I wonder if he gets inserted right back Gaskin into an 80% or if that becomes an ugly committee. Uh, so I almost don't want Gaskin back just so we get at least one more featured back game out of Ahmed specifically against the jets. He could do some real damage. Um, but yeah, of course it would be nice to see these guys back because of how bad running back is this year. All right, let's move on. Were Jonathan Taylor's 22 week 11 carries a mirage or will he establish his stretch run here upside now? I, ah, uh, I want to say they were not a mirage. That's the, the hopeful fan in me, right? Is that this guy is going to get fed because we've talked about this since our, our strength of schedule preview. There's not an easier schedule down the stretch for any player, but really for running back too, than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, all of them are bottom five against the run Tennessee, Houston, Vegas, Houston, again, who we already just talked about with Swift is the most rushing yards allowed in the league. If we get 20 carries a week for Jonathan Taylor, he could steamroll these guys. He had, you know, only eight forced tackles, uh, broken tackles rather, coming into this game, you know, last week from weeks one through 10. This last week, he broke five tackles. It's kind of like that Derrick Henry runner in a way that like when you get him going, when you let him start beating down a defense, that's when he finds his rhythm. That's when they start deciding like he's a big ass boy. I don't want to keep tackling this guy when you have little shitty ass Naeem Hines coming in and fucking like zipping around. Like sure. He brings some interesting element, but that's not going to break, you know, break down a defense. That's Jonathan Taylor. So I really hope this guy is getting fed. Uh, we, we saw what happened last week when he got fed um, and, and still involved in the receiving game, four receptions, 24 yards as well. I don't think it's, I don't know that we're going to see 22 carries again. That might be the season high. Um, well, 26 carries in week two is a season high, but we've seen them do this before. As I want to bring up week two, 26 carries, 22 carries. I, I, in my gut kind of think they're going to just feed him and see what we got in this rookie for a stretch run. And I think he could go berserk these last few weeks. What, what are your thoughts? Do you think they're going to feed him? I kind of do. They have a little bit of flexibility. They've won two big ones in a row, and their record is surprisingly good. I mean, they're a team at the beginning of the year that kind of looked like they might not be much at all. They actually are in a situation now where having having knocked off a couple quality teams. I went against the Packers last week. Bad loss for the Packers. Great win for the Colts. And yeah, I do think they're probably, I mean, I would if I were them. That's not to say I think they will, but I would at least give this guy a shot. We've been up and down on him all year. Give him 20 carries. See what happens. Exactly. It's it's the two. And I think, are, they, are they playing Tennessee? I mean, Tennessee's running defense is not oh. great. I'm at, and I, yeah. So I think their defense will keep him in it. I'd feed the guy. Exactly. 101 yards and 90 yards. The two times he's gotten over 20 carries. I mean, he's rewarded them. And that's again, the style of play beats down the defense and then punishes them at the end. I hope it happens. All right. Number four, will DeAndre Swift return? If so, is it right back into the running back one role he was holding? I mean, do you mean fantasy or on the lions? Because I cannot possibly imagine him not being the RB one on the lions. Uh, they both, right? Because of, yes, any sane human being can't imagine why you wouldn't feed this guy and keep him on the field at all costs. But Matt Patricia is not a sane human being. The fact that it took him 
eight to nine weeks to actually fully unlock this guy tells you he's a fucking fat moron. So I, I'm not sitting here. He's a rocket scientist. Yeah, he's fucking, uh, he's so dumb. Yeah, rock, uh, fuck him. Uh, exactly. He could, uh, I, I, I'm going to take a breath here. I know, I, was, I have flustered you. I would go crazy and rant on Patricia. <laughs> fucking moron asshole. Um, but I, I think, uh, obviously, he's their best shot at winning. We saw that uh, when he was in. Again, just dominated 70% of the snaps, 16 to 20 carries, touchdown, 25 fantasy points. Why wouldn't he be the guy? I don't know. Uh, again, because of what you just said, it's, it, Matt Patricia could ruin these good things, unfortunately. Um, but if he's back and if he's in that running back one role for Houston, I mean, uh, for the, the Lions, he will be an absolute smash running back one in fantasy. And as soon as I get that confirmation, he's my running back 12 right now. I think I could see him leaping up to like running back six, seven in my rankings if I know he's going to be the guy coming in tomorrow. All right, Bernie, question number five. Can Michael Pittman continue his alpha wide receiver one ascension and approach 2019 A.J. Brown levels? I think he can. I, I made that comparison on Twitter uh, earlier this week, and a lot of people bashed me, and a lot of people loved it. It, it was kind of a very controversial one, separating the Wolfpack here. Polarizing figure. He, very polarizing. But we look at what made A.J. Brown blow up. What are the parallels? Why am I even considering that? Because A.J. Brown was a league winner last year. He literally was on, I think, 30 to 40% of the championship rosters, one of the most owned Nuts. guys. Why could Pittman do that? Well, just like Jonathan Taylor has an easy-ass rushing schedule, those defenses aren't any good at defending the pass either. I, I think Michael Pittman, if we get Jonathan Taylor just churning and churning and churning, setting up the play action, opening up and softening the defense – that's what happens with AJ Brown. Derrick Henry gets that full head of fucking steam. And suddenly, you know, you get one single coverage on AJ Brown. That's all it takes. We saw it last week with Pittman, a 60, you know, 45 yard catch and run. He ended up having three catches, 66 yards and a TD. We've seen him the week before against this Tennessee team where he had 19 points uh, rushing yards. Like they use him just as creatively as the, the Titans use AJ Brown. He's a great tackle breaker. He can, he can get those contested catches. The skill sets are, you know, A.J. Brown, again, has done it longer and proven it more. But Pittman's, when you see him play, you see definitely glimpses of that A.J. Brown level talent. Rivers is not that good. Tannehill's not that good. But they can get it to a guy and just let him do his thing. I really think we could see that down the stretch for Michael Pittman. And this guy could just blow up and be one of those stretch run heroes. And he's still only like 45% owned. I don't understand that. He has to be 100% owned. But he, he will be by the end of this week when he yeah. does it again. All right, burning question number six, Taysom Hill. That's a guy that started for me last week and yet another close loss. Uh, he was a tight end for me. But anyway, his encore performance, how will studs Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas fare in round two of the Taysom Hill experiment? Fair question. Well, Thomas was on our up list last week, nine catches for a buck oh four. Kamara, zero catches for the first time in his career. So up, down, what do you think? How do you think these guys are going to work it out? It's really that exactly those stats that are what I what we wanted to emphasize here is that that switch just flipped completely and it wasn't really what any of us expected. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot of dinking, a lot of design screens, and then one target, zero catches, as you said, first time in his career for Alvin Kamara. I can't imagine that continues if they're Sean Payton's smart enough to know like we got to get our guy Alvin Kamara involved more. But you have to, excuse me, be a little bit more concerned uh, coming into this week. If you're an Alvin Kamara owner, I dropped into about like five or six on my rankings. 
So he's still in that like elite tier, but a, a little bit more concern coming from him. now. MT is he going to get peppered again? Twelve targets, and that it was like that only guy that it seemed that Taysom Hill had any eyes for. Sure, he bombed a couple to Emmanuel Sanders, but if they were passing, it was going to go to Michael Thomas nearly every single time. Um, so I'm excited to see you know what does he do? do? Do we see a similar game plan? Because that would send Michael Thomas right up. Uh, he's already starting to climb the, the rest of the season big board. This would really send him flying if we get two more games. Well, whereas Alvin Kamara could fall significantly and Taysom Hill himself, we're, we're going to break him down a little bit and higher lower Hill Mary. I think we see him run all over this defense once again. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's very legit. What's funny now, as you said, you lost with him at your tight end spot. I, I feel like I've gotten a ton of people messaging me in like, I don't know how, but I fucking lost, even though I got 25 points from my tight end Taysom Hill. I think the fantasy gods were kind of pissed that this dude had tight end eligibility and that people took advantage of it. Cause I've seen more teams lose with Taysom Hill at tight end than I have seen them win. Uh, fantasy karma, whatever you want to call it. I'm seeing that come into play. Well, I'm going to tell you where I lost my game. So Taysom Hill at tight end for me, 25, but I went against Mark Andrews, who I think had 20. So it was not a gigantic edge. I was pretty much even or up in every position. And then, you know, you randomly have your guys, say your wide receiver two or your flex one matched up against the other guys thing. And I I won just about every category by a couple of points. And then randomly I get to this one. I think it was flex one and it was 35 points for Keenan Allen for him. Zero points for Marquise Brown for me. And that's where I lost the game. Devastating. That was a 33 point deficit. The fantasy gods stuck it to me there. That's for sure. They sure did. Yeah. All right. Moving on. And this one, Oh, Jesus Christ is TB 12 really this bad. You know, I've counted on this guy in fantasy, maybe like two times ever in my life. I am not a Patriots fan. I have not as a general rule, a TB 12. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy that. Oh, you're four and five this year, (laughs) maybe even four and six. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, brag about that for a while. And by the way, my team, the Broncos, beat you. And we're and we suck. Yeah, suck, so suck. Good. We both yeah, suck. They're so they're so good they beat you. We both suck this year. We're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Yeah. Well, John Owe is 12 and 0 all time against the Patriots. So suck mm. on that. Mm. Anyway, and that that happened fairly recently. Anyway, let's talk about TB12. I had Antonio Brown. I had Chris Godwin. You know, things were looking good for me. Tom Brady threw multiple balls directly to the other football team. Like, I mean, it was some of the worst throws I've ever seen where, you know, you see a quarterback go up, they throw the ball and you think, especially with Tom Brady, you give him a little extra gravitas. You're like, okay, he's throwing that ball to somebody that is probably open or close to open. And I was right. The guy on the other team was wide open, standing there waiting. Reminded me, I don't even know if you're old enough to remember. Do you remember uh, when the Cowboys played the Steelers and in the Super Bowl, and Neil O'Donnell threw two balls directly to this guy, Larry Brown, on the Cowboys. Uh, and Larry Brown got the MVP. And it was like, oh, Brown, he's so good. It's like literally any human being could have caught these balls. He threw them right at him, and there was nobody else around. Did you see those passes I'm talking about? They're horrible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the question, is he this bad? Like, we've never seen that from Tom Brady, ever. Yeah, right. I was shocked. It was great. I mean, it was wonderful. I needed him to just not be terrible and I would have won but he of course delivered with the terrible performance seems like every time he throws a ball deep it's not a good thing I mean he scores some touchdown passes to Godwin and Evans that are just kind of short uh you know 
eight yard passes and then the guy makes an amazing play to somehow I mean did you see Evans fight his way into the end zone in that game and did you see Godwin later I mean he like hurdled hurdled three yards to get in that's how Tom Brady's getting passing touchdowns right now exactly Is he that bad convince me he's not that bad if he's not I'm not I don't think he's that bad no but I do think he's a pretty bad fit for what Arians wants to do the no risk it no bit like no biscuit slinging it offense going deep I'm just, you said it's not good when we see him go deep. In fact, it's 0 for 22 in his last pass attempts that have gone 20 or more yards. Uh, so that's exactly what? what's counting at home a 0.0 passer rating on his deep passes for an offense that is all about the deep ball. Did so you I say 0 for 22? 0 for 22, yeah. 0 for 19 in the last uh, the last three weeks. He hasn't completed a single deep ball. But even leading into the game before that, his last three in that game were also incompletions. So you understand that if I threw 22 deep balls, I would also complete that same number. Exactly. <laughs> and this is when you have Mike Evans, maybe one of the best like contested deep ball guy on one side. Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown can certainly make plays down the field. I, how is this happening? I don't understand it. It is horrendous. And I would also say, use this. If you still haven't had a trade deadline go by, use this right now to get Brady, especially if you're in line for the playoffs. He gets Kansas City this week. And when he's had bad games this year, typically he's rebounded in pretty like fiery blow-up emotion. Last time he had five points, he put up 32 the next week. So I could see him rebounding decently here uh they're gonna certainly need points when you're facing Mahomes and the Chiefs he gets his bye week then you got for your playoffs Minnesota god-awful secondary Atlanta the worst secondary in the league and then Detroit to round things up equally horrendous to all these above teams so I I know it's frustrating I know it sucks I know you don't want to rely on Tom Brady's ancillary weapons here but I think we hold I have to you have to any choice and I think we're going to be rewarded in the long run, given that ridiculously soft slate. Uh, the, the Rams are one of the best pass defenses in the league. They're limiting wide receivers to the fewest points this year. So I'm, I'm going to use this as a selling point if I still have a trade deadline. Uh, it, a lot of leagues, Brady's like a, a, one of your top 1A, 1B quarterbacks, too, because he fell decently in drafts. So you might be able to pluck this guy for, especially after this performance, a pretty cheap penny. Uh, and, and I think he's going to light it up and be one of the top five quarterbacks through those last three weeks of the season. All right. Last burning question. If Sony Michelle returns, how much, if at all, will he eat into the surging Damian Harris's role? You would think not too much, right? I mean, Harris looked pretty awesome. But you can never, you can think so and never know with this Patriots backfield. Harris does look awesome. He's churning through defenses. He hits the hole harder than Sony Michelle ever has. Uh, who runs like such a little bitch. I think Sony Michelle, only Duke Johnson out bitches Sony Michelle on the, the bitch run radar. But Harris is the complete opposite. He hits it, he churns, and Rex Burkhead now removed. That's going to open up some goal line work, uh, maybe a little more receiving work. I love Damian Harris. I, as a Patriots fan, I hope this guy, he's earned certainly 15 to 20 carries a game. In fact, anytime he's gotten... I want to say more than 15. So he's got 16 carries, 100 yards, 22 carries, 121, um, 17 and 100. So anytime he's gotten more than 16 carries, he's rewarded the team with over 100 yards. Why not feed this guy? And I think they will. I think Belichick's smart enough to know that. I don't think Sony Michelle is going to come in and be a nuisance, but it is something that you have to monitor because even though common sense might tell you Sony's going to be nothing, 
maybe Bill's draft ego is like, I took a first rounder on this guy. I want to see what we got. Uh, it sh- should not be the case, but I do think Sony Michelle, uh, it, I- I'm not worried about it. My answer to this is he won't, but it is certainly something to monitor because it could just ruin a guy that's looking unbelievable over these last few weeks, 300 yard games and, and six, uh, in six possible contests. And again, anytime he's actually been fed, it would have been a hundred yards last week. They just got down so early. Uh, and again, all the goal line work now his potentially, but Michelle, I don't know. He better not. He just fucking better not like come in and ruin this. Cause Harris has a low end RB one ceiling for the rest of the ceiling. His slate too. Oh my God. Arizona, decent uh, chargers. One of the worst teams against the run. The Rams are pretty good, but 15, 16 Miami and Buffalo, two bottom five teams versus the run. So if Harris is fully established and you gearing up for your playoff run, he could go bananas. Um, but thanks again, Wolfpack. We greatly, greatly appreciate your support. Um, if you really want to help the boys, then reviews and subscriptions on the podcast are so appreciated. Subscriptions wherever you're watching or across all the platforms, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, are also so appreciated. Thank you guys again. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you get some good fam time, some great food. Uh, you get some nice relaxation over these holidays. Um, you guys are the best wolf pack and I'm out. See you guys. All right. See you later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second down. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.